2: everybody. Thank you so much for joining me. Today's podcast is sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is the leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free book when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com businessgrowth. Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast continues to enjoy inclusion on lists of the best podcasts to listen to for small business owners, sales professionals, business leaders of all kinds, and this is due in large part to the guests. Um, These are folks who join me to have a conversation where they share their expertise with all of you. That way you can get information that you need, answers, tips, ideas, whatever it is you're looking for. You can find it here. Uh, You can implement those things in your business, reach out to these guests for uh, more individualized attention, and do better things in your business. Today is no different. My guest today is Jeff Atkinson. Jeff is the former SVP of marketing at overstock.com, where he introduced SEO and grew the organic channel from zero to $300 million in the late 2000s. He's now the founder and CEO of Huckaby a software company based in Park City, Utah, that is disrupting the $80 billion SEO services industry with a technology-based approach to the organic channel. Thanks so much for joining me today, Jeff.
1: Thank you for having me, Diane. I appreciate it, it's great to be here.
2: Well, it's great to have you here. This is, um, we're gonna be talking about stuff that I think confuses an awful lot of salespeople, marketing people, and small business owners, so. Hopefully through this conversation, we can shed some light on a couple of things. And I would like to start with having you explain what is Google's perfect world?
1: Yeah, um, well, just to start, I think um, it is, it does feel like to a lot of business owners, to a lot of entrepreneurs, um, like SEO is this black box that's sort of impossible to predict and you know you're at their mercy. We're really trying to uh, or I'm really trying to shed light on what they're doing and um, a lot of that is thinking about you know we spend so much time and money on what the the UI UX is for human beings Uh, and that's predominantly what we do as marketers Um, but I actually argue that we should focus a lot on the UI UX for Google. So You know, there's perfect perfect world for users, and then there's perfect world for a search bot. And they're actually, they're somewhat similar, but they are a little bit different. And so, yeah, we focus on uh, particularly that sort of what's Google's perfect world. So Google's perfect world is um, things that they've preached for years, stuff like really fast page speed, Um, for example. (laughs) I don't know how many times they're going to have to shout from the mountaintops how much they care about page speed before people start listening. But page speed is so important, and it's not just important for the user, it's actually very important for them because if a site's slow, they can only crawl so much on any given site in a, in a day and they'll move on and they'll miss valuable information that they care about. So page speed is sort of that classic example. Um, mobile friendliness is also falls into their perfect world. Um, a language called Structured Data Markup, which is the preferred, their sort of preferred language with uh, to speak to a website and That falls into their perfect world. Um, flat HTML, so instead of these complicated, dynamic front-end languages like JavaScript that make it very hard for them to crawl and understand, they like sites like Wikipedia. <laughs> Wikipedia is always the one that I sort of point out as their perfect website. It's flat HTML, loads really fast. Obviously it has a ton of user generated content and it's easy for them to understand. So that's kind of their perfect situation. And they've kind of realized that that isn't really happening. (laughs) And the web is getting more and more complex compounded by the fact that the web is growing at an exponential rate. And so, um, yeah, they struggle to, to under understand websites now. And, um, And that's sort of what i focus on is what the ui ux is for google and giving that um to our customers but um just making people aware of the fact that google cares about things that users um that are different than users
2: that is so interesting so so it sounds to me i guess i want a little bit of clarification it sounds to me like There are so many other things out there that Google, that we are making it difficult for Google to help us um, be found and seen Mm -hmm. by implementing some of these things that Google really doesn't like, is that fair?
1: Yeah, if you think of the sort of laundry list of things that a marketer will want on a website that Google will not want, the classic example is like a chat box. So chat boxes are almost entirely, you know, those chat boxes that show up in the lower right-hand corner asking if you need any help or whatever. Uh-huh. They almost always are powered by third parties, so they're javascript. They don't provide any value to Google in terms of understanding the page, and they usually slow the page down by anywhere from 25 to 75%, making it that much harder for them to understand. So and usually marketers don't put on this cap, this sort of technical SEO cap, when they're thinking about making decisions around the website. But you might implement a chat box that increases your conversion rate by 1%, but it kills your SEO by 30%, making it useless. So yeah, there's a lot of things that we do as marketers that Google can't stand. <laughs> and uh, and it's sort of our... Uh, my goal is to make the internet a simpler place for them to be able to crawl and understand websites. There's a example of um, a customer of ours who's uh, SAP, huge customer. They had a page on SAP.com that had over a hundred JavaScript tags on just one page, which is wow. you know, tracking pixels and um, personalization and all. You think about all the business demands from the marketing department on a on a page like that. And uh, it almost makes it impossible for Google to figure out what that page is about. So yeah, we don't think as much. You know, I'm a marketer, I come from Overstock. It's my background. I've done everything from branding to you know, conversion optimization, everything. But people don't think as much about Google's experience on a site, which really ends up being who drives the majority of the visits. Um, they don't think about them as, you know. I, I say that they're the most important visitor that comes to your website in a day. Because they dictate how many humans come, and uh, typically their experience is a lot rougher than the human experience.
2: Wow, that is crazy. (laughs) Okay.
1: Yeah, sort of a mind warp. You have to sort of think about it in a lot different way. And I think the reason that it happens is that you know marketers usually have a certain skill set, and that skill set is you know they're really good at branding, and uh, messaging, and managing budgets, and, you know, picking the highest ROI channels. When you come to SEO, what I've found anyway, is that SEO is actually really a technical problem. Um, There's a bunch of other things you need to do. But if Google can't understand your site, you know, you're, you're good luck doing whatever you're doing in terms of content or whatever. So it's really a kind of a technical problem. And that's really a totally different skill set than your normal marketer has. So to put on, you know, your CTO cap as a CMO uh-huh. is difficult. And so that's why I think yeah. it often doesn't get done and it gets ignored.
2: Right. Okay. Okay. So is there a um, an easy to understand way to look at, technical SEO as opposed to marketing SEO?
1: Um, honestly, I can't say that it's all that easy. Um, okay. Probably the easiest way is to think that. about it. Um, I think structured data is sort of the fastest way to get good at technical SEO. Um, structured okay. data is, um, it's a language that's structured across websites. So. There's structured data for products that shows, you know, the brand and the price and the reviews. There's structured data for human beings. There's structured data for um, almost anything that can, you know, an event, uh, a movie, almost anything that can be visible on a page, a sports score. There's this language where you can communicate to Google directly um, through their language. And it's, it's getting more complicated, but to get going on it, is not all that hard and so you know when google comes to a site and they you know for years and years they were reliant just on crawling html and i don't know if you looked at a lot of html diane but it is not very easy to understand this is a shortcut to help them understand so not only does it help google understand every single page much more clearly than they did before but it also they use it in lots of meaningful ways within their search results. So, you know how now when you search for a recipe and that recipe just shows up or almost any query, there's these enhancements to it, you know, Q and A box, they'll just show you the sports score. They'll show you the movie times. All of that is being powered by this language structured data. And so um, that's sort of the, I think from a technical SEO perspective for marketers to start thinking about structured data as a way to optimize their SEO versus just writing content and writing content and writing content. You layer good structured data on top of a website and Google just kind of goes nuts. They crawl so fast and they just, they understand all of a sudden what you're trying to do. So I think that's sort of the simplest way to kind of get going is, um, and we figured this out at Overstock years ago, but it is a very impactful, very impactful, so if you you know structured data and then page speed, page speed is is extremely important, and they they give you a lot of credit if you have fast fast page speed. So those would be sort of the two kind of low hanging things that I would love more marketers to think about um, in terms of technical SEO.
2: This is fascinating. So <laughs> so what is dynamic rendering, and why is it
1: important? Yeah, so dynamic rendering is a very technical seo solution and it's actually in my opinion you know i've been doing this a long time and i think it's the biggest sort of fundamental algorithm change that google's made in the last 10 years um and no one's talking about it which i find just shocking because it's really hard to do so dynamic rendering is actually a very straightforward and simple concept Um, the concept is that urls load dynamically or differently based on what calls them. So the classic example of this is, if I go to a URL on my mobile phone, I'll get one experience. If I go to the same URL on my desktop, I'll get a slightly different experience. And that's really dynamic rendering. That's what it means. Um, Their big change, though, is about a year and a half ago, they said, well, now you can give a version for us. So when Googlebot comes and says, hi, I'm a Googlebot, you can actually give them an alternate version for them to crawl. And that, I think, because for years, all we heard was Google just wants to crawl what the user crawls, and if you build really well for the user, then you're building really well for Google. And now they're totally changing that. You know, 20 years, they sort of boasted that was what they wanted, was just to crawl. And now they're saying, well, actually, it's getting so complicated for us to understand. Give us a version that we can understand. Now, everything has to match up. You can't trick them you can't give them different content than the user gets or different products or whatever. But you can now give them um, that dynamic, sort of that uh, unique version just for them. And uh, that's what we've been building for the last year and a half, is the ability to basically give a customer their perfect version of a website for Google to crawl. So it's really fast page speed, it has structured data, there's no JavaScript, it's flat HTML, but yeah, dynamic rendering is—it's um, a big change for them, and it's not talked about very much at all. Um, in my opinion, it's you know one of the biggest ones. The reason that they did it was all the things that we talked about earlier, how front-end websites and platforms too, like Squarespace and WordPress and um, Shopify, they're very difficult for Google to understand and they see it just compounding. They don't see it as getting simpler over time. They see it as getting more complicated. And then add to that, that the internet is still growing at like the fastest rate ever, um, at an exponential rate. So you take slow page speed, all this JavaScript, an enormous internet, it's a very daunting problem for them to solve. And so they kind of open the door for this dynamic rendering to make their life a bit easier.
2: That's so interesting. I it's mean, who world. would have thought that that it would get complicated for Google?
1: Well, it's been complicated for them for years. I mean, hmm. the job that a search engine has to do to try to understand a website is not an easy one. And Google was obviously they're the market leader, and they figured it out. You know, they figured out how important backlinks were, and that sort of was the fundamental difference that made them understand sites way better than anybody else does. But if you look at their, their task to come in and crawl and fundamentally clearly understand a website, yeah, it's gotten to a point where it's, it's you know, challenging, if not impossible. Like the whole flash movement. So Google can't crawl flash. They just can't understand it at all. It's like a video. And so that just went away almost, and you know, pretty yeah, quickly because right. pe- content people were like, "Well, no one's seeing this content. Well, it's because we right. didn't understand it."
2: That I remember. I, I remember yep. when, yeah, I mean, Flash was like this big thing, and was like, okay, no, don't, don't. Yeah, do it was that. like the coding
1: language yeah. of the future, and then it was like, yeah, you yeah. can't do that
2: anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Well, you know, you try. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm going to take a quick sponsor break, and then I have some more questions for you. Sounds good. Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. They have over 150,000 titles to choose from, and you can listen to them on any device, including whatever you're hearing us on right now. And if you sign up at our link, which is audibletrial.com businessgrowth, you get one free audiobook and a 1 month trial of the service. <clears throat> An example of a book you can listen to on audible.com is Two Brain Business 2.0 by Chris Cooper. So visit audibletrial.com/businessgrowth, explore the books that are of interest to you and receive one free audiobook when you sign up for the trial. Today we're speaking with Jeff Atkinson about designing your website for Google's perfect world. Okay, now I have a two part question. And the first part is, what is SERP? And the second question is, what are the features of SERP?
1: So, SERP is a, also known as a SERP, is an acronym for Search Engine Results Page. So, uh, you know, ever since the beginning of Google, when you'd search for something, they came back with 10 blue links that page Mm -hmm. was called a SERP, a search engine result page. So So yeah, it's it's a pretty simple acronym that goes way, way back. Um, Now SERPs aren't just 10 blue links anymore. They are enhanced and they're enhanced with what are called rich enhancements. And rich enhancements are like we spoke about earlier, Um, when you search for the sports score and the sports score just shows up or you try to make a dinner reservation and you can just book it on the right hand side, or you search for a product and the product shows the image and it shows reviews, um, the question and answer boxes. So one of Google's primary, and this is really what I think about a lot is sort of where they're going directionally you can never, you know, they'd make minor algorithm updates, but then they make major algorithm updates. And all their major algorithm updates are pretty directionally correct. So page speed, mobile friendliness, those are directionally, you know, macro trends that they're going on. The other macro trend that they're going towards is to um, satisfy a user's immediate need for information. So I think it was this past year became the first year that users cared more about immediacy than they cared about the brand that provided it to them. So it used to be, you know, you'd know you go to ESPN to get your sports score or whatever. Now you'd rather just get that sports score as fast as possible. And that's usually done by a quick Google search. So they care a lot as far as a macro trend about providing answers for people immediately. Um, which is also the case of voice search, for example, where Google needs an answer right there for you for any given query and needs to come back with it. Um, And so SERPs have changed a lot, especially in the last five years. If you think about when you searched for something, you know, five years ago, what you'd get back versus what you'd get back today. And I encourage your listeners, just as they search on Google, like we all do, You know, 20 to 50 times a day to start looking at what they're bringing back because it's very interesting and it's, it's all part of an algorithm that's getting a lot more complicated. But they really care about these enhancements. So, you know, now if you wanted to make a margarita, you could search how to make a margarita, you could use your Google home device and it'll read back to you the step by step instructions. And if you search for it on your desktop, it'll do the same thing. It'll just show you at the top of the page, the step-by-step instructions. So SERPs um, have dramatically gotten uh, more useful from a user perspective um, in the last five years. And one of their goals is to keep you on Google.com. That's just an overarching goal of theirs is that they want their users to be able to get Everything that they need uh, accomplished without having to leave the website. But they realize they can't do that with everything. But if you think about the stuff you could do now versus the stuff yeah. you could do five years ago, like last night I booked two dinner reservations because my cousins come into town here in Park City just using Google, and uh, I didn't have to go anywhere because they know about my Open Table subscription and or login and Bing, bang, boom, yeah. just a couple clicks and yeah. I'm booked. So they're really trying to work on that, uh, being able to do everything directly from google.com. And then they're also working on the immediacy uh, trend that's a really big, it's not just a search trend, it's just a <laughs> almost like a culture trend.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: if I really wanna get philosophic, it's uh, everybody wants everything immediately And you know how now you can like search your photos and say like, Hey, Google show photos of our trip to, you know, Cabo last winter and I'll pull them up. So, uh, yeah, those are some macro trends that they're not going away. Um, all the data that Google has acquired points in the direction that they're doing it right. And they're just going to keep, you know, I think about how cool search results or SERPs search engine result pages are now just think about what they're going to be like in five years and what you'll be able to accomplish. Um, so yeah, that's a macro trend that's not going away. And, uh, it's an important one.
2: Wow. It is crazy. And I, and, you know, I know exactly what you're talking about and I love it because Mm -hmm. I absolutely get the information I need without having to, you know, click on a whole bunch of links to see which one's got it. If it's over on exactly the, website, the information is there yeah
1: it almost Crazy. even more makes google more powerful too because for a long time we've always trusted you know the number one organic search link. like if you click through it you're probably going to get what you want it's the, you know mm-hmm. you trust that it's the best site and that's sort of like the fundamental reason why seo is so powerful but now when they just give you one answer <laughs> you're going to trust the one answer And so you, you got to be in the right position. You're not going to go clicking through four or five links. You're just going to get it right away.
2: Right. Okay. What is a zero click search? Is that what we're talking about? That's exactly
1: what we're talking about. Yeah. So a zero click search would be like, um, hey, Google, what's the weather? And I'll just tell you, you don't have to click on anything. Um, Right. So yeah, there's a lot of sort of zero zero-click mm. search activities now, and um, yeah, they're, they're quite prevalent.
2: Yeah. Okay, then what is position zero?
1: Position zero is when you ask Google for the weather, either via voice or via um, typing it on your, your um, desktop or, or typing it into your uh, mobile device, it's that answer, it's that what they call rich enhancement at the top of the page. So that is, I actually don't okay. particularly like the phrase because it actually is the first organic listing in my mind, mm-hmm. but they do call it the, you know, zero rank or forget the term you hmm. just used. But yeah, that is the, uh, yeah. Yeah. it's, it's that space at the very top that is a rich enhancement that either immediately answers your question and you don't have to click on it.
2: Okay. Okay. Wow. So I'm not sure I'm asking this question correctly, so I may have to ask it in two different ways. But what is on SERP SEO?
1: On SERP SEO is is basically doing exactly what we're talking about. So it's okay. optimizing for the it's using good structured data to optimize for the user, um, in the, in this actual search results. So you can do it in some interesting ways. So say, you know, there's tools now too, that'll say, okay, you want to rank for these 5,000 keywords. What are the rich enhancements that come back when people search for these keywords? And they'll say like, Oh, there's an image box at the top, or there's, a Q and A box at the top, or you're getting, you know, news feed at the top. So it'll actually come back, some of these analytics tools will come back and actually tell you what is getting enhanced on the type of queries you do. So if you're like an e-commerce company, it's way different than if you're a restaurant or a uh, news publishing site, you're going for different enhancements in Google's results. So there's a strategy behind, um, Doing it well for whatever industry you happen to be in
2: okay and, and 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 if I'm understanding this correctly, which there's odds I'm not but but if I'm understanding this correctly, marketers should be thinking about SEO in terms of how Google is now providing the user with information. Yeah. Is is that right? Like like we want to make sure that, that we're showing up on the right hand side, so to speak.
1: Yeah, and I always say there's no better way to figure out what they're doing than to search for the things that you want your customers to be searching for. So, you know, if you're, a movie theater you want to see you know the joker movie times park city utah whatever think about what your user searches for and then look at the results and try to figure out you know what they're giving back to the user and who's probably capturing the business as a result and that winner is going to be who you want to optimize for
2: okay wow so so How do marketers change the way that they approach SEO?
1: Mm. Uh, That's a great question. You know, what I think is interesting about SEO is that it's moving at, you have a ferocious market leader, which is really quite rare to have, you know, unless you're at Overstock and you're trying to chase Amazon. Google is so far out in front that they control so much. And um, a lot of the, what I find, so here's a funny statistic for you. So the SEO business, something like $75 billion were spent in 2019 on what they call SEO services. So the industry is almost entirely services dominated. And by that I mean agencies and consultants. So them kind to, trying to tell you what to do and give you advice. The SEO services industry has an average NPS score, net, net promoter score of zero. And I don't know how familiar your audience is with a net promoter score, but essentially it's from zero to 10. 10 are what they call advocates, meaning they'll go out and recommend your business and they'll post on social media about you. And they were sort of like from six to four, they're sort of neutral then below four, they're actually detractors. So they'll actually tell you, don't, don't go there. Don't work with them. So you'd rather go to your dentist than talk to your SEO agency. Um, it's true. It's true. So there's just this horrible reputation. Um, I mean, it's a stunning number. We studied at NPS all the time at Overstock. And it's, it's really hard to be at zero. <laughs> like it's really, you have, it's difficult to achieve that. Um, they dislike them so much and yet are spending $75 billion a year. So that's, in my opinion, the fundamental issue is that the reason that it's zero is that these agencies and consultants can't make these fundamental changes that are technical changes for their websites to keep up with what Google's looking for. So they're using old school tactics. They're saying, you know, We'll create a WordPress blog. And then they just care about hours, like the hours that they can bill. And so they're doing a lot of writing. They're doing a lot of keyword research. They're doing stuff that is very, you know, 2005 instead of 2020. And so when people spend all this money and they don't see the return, you know, there's this very real turn and burn that happens. So my advice would be, get rid of your agency <laughs> um, and, or unless they're very technical and hire an in-house developer or someone technical that can actually make these adjustments for you to keep up with Google. Cause the, obviously the industry, you and, and this is why we're out to disrupt it because oh. we just think it's so, um, it's so poorly, you know, there's a lot of demand and, people aren't getting obviously what they want. And so um, I would think about SEO a lot more technically. I would think about it in terms of structured data. I would think about it in terms of how fast and easy is it for Google to understand your site. I would think about it in terms of like the architecture of your site, which is a pretty basic thing that a lot of people get wrong. Um, But yeah, you definitely have, you do have to wear a bit of a different cap when it comes to doing SEO really well than you would for, you know, your social media campaigns and things like that. So you will get a lot farther down the football field going the technical route than, you know. And the other reason it gets outsourced so much is that it it is a different hat to wear and a lot of companies don't feel comfortable doing it. Um, And so it just, uh, that's an easy thing to outsource when you don't have the in-house expertise. But if you can get some in-house expertise, especially if it's technical, uh, that's probably your fastest path to success versus, you know, going through four or five agencies over five years and just hitting your head against the wall.
2: Yeah, boy. It's one of the most frustrating things that I hear from small business owners because oh, they're it's so frustrating. like you said, yeah, it's terrible. It is mm-hmm. Terrible. Well, I got to tell you, I mean, this is fascinating. I think this is absolutely fascinating. I learned a lot. um, So, which tells me that the listeners learned a lot. And speaking of them, will you uh, tell them, you know, about Huckabye and how they can find you and what you got going on, please?
1: Sure. Yeah. So Huckabye is, uh, I've been working on for about five years. It's been doing this type of, uh, we pivoted into a software company uh, about three years ago. And so Huckabye um, basically checks all these technical SEO boxes for you. So we automate world-class structured data It's sort of like our, we have two products. That's our entry point product. So you can go from, you know, zero structured data to really world-class structured data in like a week. And then we maintain it for you. So as the website changes and as Google changes their requirements, you're always optimized. And then we have a product around dynamic rendering called SEO cloud which really does give you that perfect uh, world. You know, Google's perfect world It gives them, it's you mm. know, instant page speed, it's flat HTML, it's structured data. Um, it's a really cool product. So um, the best way to get in touch with me is um, I would love to offer your uh, listeners, if you just go onto our site, huckabye.com and fill out a contact us form and mention your podcast, uh, I'll personally make sure to be uh, on the phone call Uh, if you'd like to chat doesn't have to be a sales call in any way shape or form can just be talk seo or or whatever you got going in your business but um yeah i'd love to promise that to your listeners and yeah just fill out and uh contact us and put in your name and email and and that you listen to this podcast and um yeah i'll make sure that i get in touch with them personally
2: wow that's really generous thank you i I appreciate that
1: it's a good audience um, and, and
2: listeners, yeah. You know, I, I mean, take him up on it. This guy knows what he's talking about. You can tell finally, <laughs> someone in his face knows what they're talking yeah. about. <laughs> we have so
1: many calls where um, uh, people feel very relieved to have talked, yeah, because we just think about this stuff so much differently. And we, you know, it was like the very beginning when I was saying how people are scared of, or of uh, SEO because it's this black box and we're really trying to shine a light on like what they're doing. And it's not all that scary. It's just that, you know, the agency, you know, there's $75 billion up for grabs and the agencies are yeah. sort of clawing onto whatever they have left. And um, yeah, it's time for disruption. It's time for transparency. It's time for accountability when it comes to results. Um, and that's really what we, we promise our customers and they're, they're very happy and they grow, our average customer in 12 months grows 61%. And those wow. are some huge customers. So, you know, we really back it up in terms of our numbers. You, know, you have a sales force growing at 61%. You can imagine what that does for their business. It doesn't have to be large okay. though. We work with customers of all sizes. So um, Excellent. that's what we have going on.
2: Well, I'm so glad you're disrupting in this space because you are so right. It is, it is long overdue. this this, this needs to be conquered so right on and and thanks for spending some time with me and and sharing that information and thanks for all you're doing for the business community out there and uh, listeners thank you Uh, this was you know we're doing this for you and this was something you really needed to hear and probably listen to a couple of times and then of course reach out um, to Jeff over at Huckabye and get some answers to your own individual questions. And I'd like to thank our sponsor, audible.com, to get a free trial of audible.com as well as a free audiobook, just go to audibletrial.com/businessgrowth to sign up. As always, continue to prosper and be curious, and until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Me 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 me, but also you.